I am proud to welcome Assemblymember Carmen De La Rosa to Tease Table Talk. Uh, Assemblymember De La Rosa, how are you doing today? I know that you're out and about serving the community. Yes, so today we, we joined um, Mayor Bill de Blasio at one of the new test sites in our community that has just opened up this week. So thank Wonderful. the essential workers and the workers that are there and make sure that our community knows the information about the new test site that has been put up. Um, and yeah, it's been, it's been a journey, but um, at least we are blessed to say that we're healthy and that we're helping those in need. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I know that, um, you know, you, you got your start as a community organizer, is that correct? Well, I, um, I started doing a lot of work right after college, working on political campaigns. And then after that, I went on to work um, in the Upper West Side, mm -hmm. helping out in the office of Assembly Member Daniel O'Donnell. So I was in charge of doing all of the casework for the community and um, basically helping out as much as possible with organizing around education issues, housing issues, and quality of life issues. And, uh, and, and that's awesome, by the way. And you currently, uh, you represent the area of, uh, of Harlem uh, in Wood. What are the other areas that, uh, that your assembly district covers? Yeah, so the 72nd Assembly District is basically Northern Manhattan from 159th Street all the way up to 228th Street. So it's Inwood, Washington Heights, and a portion of the Bronx that um, is known as Marble Hill. Wow, wow, wow. Um, and, um, and so, and, and you've been serving as an assembly member since, am I, if I have it correct, since 2015? 2016, I was elected and my term began in 2017. Yeah, so going on four years now. Wow, amazing, amazing. Um, you know, we, we need more women in leadership. So so thank you for, you know, for choosing to run and, and of course, serve. Um, you know, it sounds like, you know, your roots uh, were, you were a, uh, a, a lifer in, in terms of public service anyway. And so, so uh, I want to commend you on that. Um, well, thank you so much. Yes. I really appreciate it. It is definitely important to have the voices of women, the voices of people who grew up in our communities, represented in government. And for me, it's an honor and a blessing to be able yes. to represent the community I grew up in. So I hope Absolutely. more will join me. <laughs> well, listen, and, and to have that enthusiasm is, is, is a wonderful thing. Thank you so much again. Um, I, I want to just kind of jump into um, uh, a couple of questions. I, you know, I know um, you're, you know, out and about, but um, you know, you're, you're part, you're a member of the, the housing committee, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, is that, is that right? Yes, okay. yes correct. Um, and so, um, and, and also you're, uh, let's talk about, you know, the elephant in the room, COVID-19. Um, you know, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, you know, a moratorium has been placed on housing evictions until June. Um, you know, growing up in, in northern Manhattan, um, you know, understanding uh, the issues. I want to know what your thoughts are on canceling uh, tenants' rents for the year. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I first I'll start by saying that I asked to be put on the housing committee 
Because ah. when I was running for office and growing up here in Inwood, I understood that tenants needed the intervention of government in order to make sure that, you know, the pendulum of justice swung on the side of tenants. Because for so long, I feel like the laws were there in place to protect landlords. Um, mm-hmm. Growing up here in Inwood, Washington Heights, you know, I, my family faced eviction um, or the threat of eviction um, as I was growing up. And coming from a working class home, you know, I know that that's the reality of many. So last year, um, being a member of the housing committee, we stood strongly for the changes of the rent laws. And that was done through a movement of people um, that have been working in our communities for decades, really trying to get rent reform to happen. Um, And that tenants movement is so important in the work that I've done in the assembly and the work that I continue to do in my community. And so, you know, we've been struggling right now in order to make sure that we can move legislation that creates a cancel rent, um, the, the ability to cancel rent. Because we know that in communities like mine, where people are at living with the threat of displacement, once this pandemic is over, we know that those that are unemployed, it's going to be so much harder for them to pay back the three months, you know, that they've owed when, once the pandemic hit. Um, and that they're going to be at risk of being evicted or displaced. And so we, I am supportive of a bill that was, put, that was introduced by a colleague of mine from Lower Manhattan um, mm-hmm. that creates the ability for um, rents to be canceled for tenants and mortgages to be canceled for homeowners. Um, we understand that obviously landlords um, have a business to run and that mm-hmm. they need to pay their mortgages off to the banks. And so there are some provisions in there that will allow for, um, for, for small landlords to receive some sort of relief. Um, what we're Wonderful. hearing right now, mm-hmm. what we're hearing right now is the possibility of creating either a voucher system for renters so that they could have, you know, the actual money to pay back the rent. And then that way the um, risk of defaulting is lessened for the landlord. Um, it's something that I would be behind as well. Um, I just think that it's time for us to step up and bring some solutions for for tenants, for sure. Wow. Well, first of all, you answered my next question, which is about the landlord. So so thank you for that. Uh, You know, we know that Manhattan, Northern uh, Harlem, you know, um, is changing um, rapidly. And so uh, it's good to hear that, you know, uh, the, the at least the at, at also as long as the the not only the tenants are taken care of but yes the smaller landlords as well that's good to know uh good good information to have uh, i want to just um jump to um a, another piece of legislation um uh, that uh, affects a lot of folks uh throughout the five boroughs um you know a lot of us are are have uh, are, are immigrants, right? Um, this whole nation is, is comprised of immigrants. And I, I just wanted to know, um, what is the, the DREAM Act? And, um, and, you know, and what, what are the benefits of passing, you know, the DREAM Act uh, on the state level as opposed to the federal level? Can you speak about yeah. that? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we passed the DREAM Act last year, and I was the main sponsor of the legislation, and I was proud to carry it. You know, I'm an immigrant myself. I immigrated here from the Dominican Republic when I was just a baby. And I remember, 
you know, having the conversation with my mom about why did we leave our beautiful Caribbean country to come here? And she mm. always says, you know, because I knew that I needed to provide an education for you. And I knew that I needed to make sure that I could raise myself um, in a way that the economy of our country didn't allow. And so, you know, I feel that all of us have a unique immigration story. Those of us that came from different countries, um, we've been given the opportunities to be educated. And for me, I feel like that education has led me to be able to today represent my community, provide a better quality of life for my daughter, and really break the cycles of poverty that um, I grew up within, right? And so I think that it's an injustice in New York State where um, when a child goes into kindergarten, he's not asked for his immigration status, right? In New York State, um, every child is owed uh, the opportunity to be educated from grades K through 12. So then when this young adult in 12th grade begins to look for colleges, which is what he's been told his entire life that he needs to do, he then has no access to financial aid. He has no ability mm. to pay for college. Let's mm. not even get into the, the, the fraud that is, you know, student loans. That, but um, in addition Let's to not talk about, <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. We're all still paying our student loan debts right now. But um, in addition to not being able to have access because of poverty to um, a wealthy family member who can pay your way through college or having access to banking resources for loans, we find that undocumented immigrants who were brought here as babies have no ability to pay for college. And so what we did was that we created the New York State Dream Act, and it's in response to the failure, really, of the federal government to step up and provide equity and education for all New Yorkers, regardless of immigration status. If you think about immigrants and what they contribute to our economy, billions and billions of dollars, and what they contribute to the social fabric of our communities, it's immeasurable. And so for us to say that we're a, a nation where immigrant youth are not given this opportunity, for me, it was inhumane. So we worked really hard to get this bill done in New York State. It finally passed last year. And I must say that it's a victory, not for me personally, although it was an honor of my life to carry the bill and debate the bill. Um, it, it's a movement that was created by dreamers, um, mm -hmm. young men and women across our country who said, you know, all we want to do is study. All we want to do is get our degrees. Um, and I think that that should be applauded. Um, the DREAM Act benefit has started to roll out in New York. Um, hundreds of thousands of, of young people have already accessed the benefit and we're working out, you know, some kinks that have been in the system. It's a new program um, and working to expand the information in our community so more um, kids can go to college. Well, listen, Assemblymember De La Rosa, you, if you were, you were that instrumental because I think um, this had been attempted several times prior to you and you were able yeah. to get it passed in the state Senate, I look forward to seeing what you can do on the state level with, <laughs> with student loans, okay? Let me know yeah, absolutely. How, how, I can, how I can help you with you know, the state level. And perhaps in, you know, in 2021 and beyond, we can look uh, for support at the federal level uh, concerning absolutely. the DREAM Act. Um, absolutely. So, you know, you are just, uh, you know, hitting, uh, you, you're coming in, uh, coming in really hot. You know, you've, you've already had legislation uh, signed into law. Um, I, I, you know, you, 
congratulations on your appointment as chair to the subcommittee on infrastructure. Um, thank you. Thank you. Can you? You're welcome. You're welcome. And no, and, and thank you. Can you discuss how how your appointment uh, has allowed you to deliver for your district, or if not, uh, how it has allowed you yet, but how how it how it will be forthcoming. What are, you know, what are your plans to deliver for your district? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look, I think that it's an important um, subject matter for us to have a leadership voice in. When you think about infrastructure, you think about bridges and tunnels and roads. But in reality, mm -hmm. infrastructure is everything around us. Like if you even think, like I'm going to break it down for you even in the job factor, right? When you look at unemployment and you look at the jobs at the, of the future, you're talking about green infrastructure, right? You're, you're talking about mm -hmm. how are we developing or overdeveloping our communities? That's infrastructure. We're talking about how when someone begins to build in our communities, do we have the ability, one, to make sure that the people that are living in our communities are safe, that we have the networks, whether it's transportation networks, um, environmental networks around us, right? Like, for example, I'll give you an example in Washington Heights. Uh, during Hurricane Sandy, parts of my district flooded. And people think, but you're in the Heights. You're at the top, right, of the, of the, of the island. But re the reality yes. is that water rolls down, right? And so in the valleys and peaks of my district, we mm -hmm. were flooded. And so uh -huh. infrastructure that is resilient, that allows us to protect our communities, is something that I'm very interested in talking about. Um, I think that w what we've seen with COVID, and the environment, those things are interlinked, right? There's a, no coincidence as to why Black and Latino communities have the highest asthma rates, have the highest obesity rates, and those are the people that are dying during this pandemic. So I feel like all of this can be interconnected. For me, it's an, uh, an ability and a possibility of inserting um, the way that I view uh, development in our communities and overdevelopment in some cases, um, and having a voice in that process and by extension, our community having a voice as to how um, we envision the future of Upper Manhattan and our entire state really. Wow, um, I, I, I love what you said right there. Um, is there anything additional that you would like to comment on about uh, the future of, of a woman in leadership yourself um, with the state Senate? Um, anything that, um, that you would like to, you know, any initiative that you would like to see uh, pushed forward or uh, that you would attach your support to? Yeah, I mean, right now, I think that we're all in um, crisis mode, right? And one of the things that keeps popping up for me and for my colleagues um, as we deal with the emergencies on the ground is like, how the heck did we get here, right? Like, how did we get to the point where Black and Latino New Yorkers are dying at this massive rate. And the reality of that, I think, is, is equity, right? How do we bring equity when it comes to um, racial equity, economic equity, when it comes to how resources come into our communities? Um, I think it's so important for us to have voices that are representative of the struggles of our communities. Like, I'm able to talk about housing because, like I said, I've been on the other side of an eviction notice. I, I'm able to talk about, you know, the lack of banking and the lack of um, financial institutions in our communities because I know what it's like to have to, you know, shop around to get a credit card or shop around to pay student loan debt, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so mm -hmm. I think that as we start to see more women, more young women, more women of color represented in government, um, 
it really allows us to legislate from a more compassionate and humane place because we've been mm-hmm. through it. Um, and I think that politics is evolving. I think it's no longer about having the perfect cookie cutter politician. It's more about having voices that are representative of these struggles that we all have together as New Yorkers. Um, if there's one thing that I could highlight of that is to come that I think is so important for us to never lose sight of is mental health and wellness. I'm very mm. big on the mental health um, because I think that the stressors and the trauma that are inflicted on us as New Yorkers are unique. And as we begin to recover and open up our economy and open up our businesses and our schools, we have a lot to unpack as far as our emotional well-being, um, our social well-being, and the way that we deal with the grief of, you know, what people are calling the new normal now. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to making sure that I continue to be an advocate for us in our communities of color to break the stigma around mental health, to mm-hmm. say, yes, I need help, and how do I get it? Um, and also making sure that we are bringing resources for that to happen in a way that is culturally competent, right? That if I'm a Latina or I'm African-American and I want someone to help me through my issues, I'm able to have folks who understand my struggle help me through it. Um, and mm-hmm. so, you know, those are some of the things that we're looking forward to and working on right now. And there's a lot of work to do. It feels like it's never ending. Um, but it's exciting to wake up every morning and know that I have a little voice in a very, very large fight to make sure that our communities are on the map. Well, listen, you have um, the you you have the weight in the pants to do it. You have the 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 background, you have the know-how, so you have the the education and the practical. So I have faith in you. I, I want to say thank you again for joining me today on Tea's Table Talk. Where can um you know where can uh, the the Tea Table Talk audience uh, find you. Are you on Facebook? Are you on yes. Twitter? I'm I'm everywhere. I'm on uh, Facebook as a New York State NYS Assemblywoman Carmen De La Rosa. Okay. I'm on Instagram and Twitter as CN De La Rosa. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, you can follow me there. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Listen, I'm looking forward to seeing the amazing work, the continued work that you will be doing for our community. Uh, and, uh, you know, and I can only say again, congratulations and thank you again for joining me today on Tea's Table Talk. Uh, and thank you one, one more time for your, for your leadership, okay? Thank you so much for using your platform to elevate women. I really appreciate it. I hope you have a good weekend. <laughs> I'm going to try. It's, it's, it's a little rainy out. Thank you so much, Carmen De La Rosa. Take care. Thank you. Have a good one.